How's everybody this morning? I am so glad to be with all of you here today. For those of you who do not know me, that my name is Pastor Roz Perez. My husband is Pastor Rich Perez, who's standing right there. <laughs> and we have been coming to Faith Church, or serving, I should say, in Faith Church for over 28 years. And we have served in different capacities. And I want to take this time to thank Pastor Frank and Pastor Lisa for allowing me to share my story this morning. So we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to start with verses 11 to 13. And then we're going to jump down to verse 17. And this is what the scripture says. It says, put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so you're protected as you confront the slanderer For you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. Let's go down to verse 17. It says, embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. And take the mighty razor sharp spirit sword of the spoken word. The verse that we're going to be focusing on today is in passage Um, In this passage is in verse 1 and 7, where it says, embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the opportunity, Lord Jesus, for me to be able to share my story. But God, I ask you that you soften the hearts and the spiritual ears to receive. And I ask this In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. I wrote a book about the COVID journey that I went through. And it's called Betrayed by God, the lie that I almost believed. (laughs) And it was a lie that I almost believed. And what it does, it basically, I I, got to tell you, I was really hesitant when I first started writing this book because I was like, God, this is so raw and so transparent, but some of you needed to hear that because sometimes we hear about stories of what somebody's gone through and they come out on the other side and they don't hear about the doubt and unbelief and all the yucky stuff that happens in the middle. And so there are questions in there that you probably have voiced inside, but you didn't say them out loud because you were embarrassed. Well, I did that for you. And I'm going to be offering them after service for $10. And um, as a matter of fact, are there any first-time guests here today? Are there any? Okay, so see me after service and I'll give you two 
a book right after service, okay? Alrighty. So the title of my message today is, Where Was My Protection? And that's also one of the chapters in the book. So I contracted COVID-19 Delta variant back in July 21. And in the first week I was at home, we did a CVS test and I got really, really sick. And it got to the point where I was seeing bright lights and I was incoherent and my husband decided that it was time and he took me to the hospital and immediately I was admitted because I had COVID pneumonia in both of my lungs. And so I went into the ICU probably a day and a half later, and I was in the hospital for only two weeks. But what shocked me was when I got home, I was immobile. I was in oxygen. I couldn't speak correctly. I couldn't string words correctly. As a matter of fact, one of the things that was kind of weird, and, and the best way I can explain it to you, is when you have COVID fog, it almost feels like the, the, that both sides of your hemisphere separated and it cannot communicate with each other. It is the most weirdest thing. And I remember that my daughter gave me a pamphlet and she said, Mom, write your name. This must have been like the second or third day that I was home and all I could do was scribble. When I was home, I had my doctor, of course, my general doctor, who was um, meeting me virtually. And then I had two nurses that were coming over. I had a physical therapist and I had a speech therapist because I had to learn how to problem solve and, again, string sentences together. When the COVID fog started to lift... I found my discharge diagnosis, you know, the paper that they give you when you leave. And on that paper, it said that I had acute metabolic encephalopathy, which is the term that they use to cover delusion, confused, or COVID fog. I had acute hypoxemic respiratory failure due to severe acute respiratory syndrome. Of course, I had COVID. I had myopericarditis, which is fluid around the heart. Sorry, inflammation around the heart. I had pericardial infusion, which is fluid around the heart. I went into septic shock. Of course, I was still recovering from pneumonia. And what was not on the paper was that I had anxiety that was crippling that I never had before COVID. It was one of the most horrible experiences I've ever went through. So as weeks went into months, I went into what's called long covid Many of you um, know it as the category of being a COVID long hauler. And there are statistics that are starting to come out. And they're saying right now that globally, there is probably over 65 million people who are suffering from long COVID. And they're tracking at about 200 symptoms right now that will not go away or get exasperated from time to time. So, of course, one of the first things I asked was, where was my protection? Where was my protection? See, I was angry 
at God after a while. In the beginning, I was positive. Everything was good. But as time started to progress and the healing was so slow, I started to get angry and I started to ask, where was my protection? Some of you probably have asked the same thing. You said, where was my protection? Maybe you asked it about a loved one. Was Where was their protection? If God is so good, where was the protection? And you know, one of the things that I found out is that we can have a misconception of God's protection in our lives. We can have such a misconception. And what that means is that we have faulty thinking. And anything that is faulty is misleading, which is basically a lie because your faulty thinking basically is as a result of your perception and your perspective. Now, there is human perspective and human perception, and there's biblical perspective and biblical perception. A biblical perception is the ability to see beneath the outward form to the underlying hidden reality. And what that means is that you're, you're looking at the outside, but you're not content or happy or accepting of what's going on on the outside. What you do is you go in a little deeper and you want to know what's going on behind the scenes. And we read in Ephesians 6 that we're dealing with enemy forces and sometimes we become so oblivious to that. Human perception is the quality, the state, or capability of being affected by something external, sensation, sensibility. And I have to tell you, I had to look up the word sensibility and check out what it says. It's a person's delicate sensitivity that makes them readily offended or shocked. And how many of you know that we're in a society, in a world that gets easily offended? But you know why? It's because a lot of people, even us here, sitting in church day after day or Sunday after Sunday, we go a lot by feelings. But we have to get to that place where we understand that believing God is not about feelings. How many of you know that? Amen. Now, there are also biblical perspectives, right? And human perspective. So the biblical perspective is viewing the world and human life based on the divine inspiration and authority of scripture. So, yeah, this might be my reality right now. But what is my truth? What is the truth of the scripture? What is that? What's the word of God saying right now? Am I aligning with what the word of God says? Or am, am I going by feeling. The human perspective considers human factors and the human experience formulating ideas, problems, and then making decisions based on the problem solving that we're doing based on our human perspective. Now, this is the problem with that. If we're operating in our humanness as the norm, 
our assessment of a situation that includes crisis and trauma is may sound like this. God doesn't care or he doesn't care enough. There is no God or God has let me down. And how many of you know that all of those things are lies? They're lies. I remember that five months in, I was listening to a message, and it was an interviewer, and he was um, asking a question to this lady who apparently was working in the community, and it was an answer to a call on God in her life. And he asked her an interesting question. He told her, don't you feel betrayed by God after dedicating 25 years to serving the community in God's name, and he, and all of a sudden, you lost your son in a tragic accident. And when I heard those words, betrayed by God, it kind of jolted me. And I was like, oh God, that's awful. I felt ashamed to even think those words. And then when I said them out loud, I said, oh my God, that's so horrible that I feel this way. But before some of you start to say, but Raz, usually when you hear the word betrayed, she cheated on him, he cheated on her. We're not talking about that. The other definition of betrayed means being let down, being let down. Thus my questioning, where was my protection? And God started to lead me to one message after another and scripture after scripture because I kept asking questions. I was relentless with my asking even though I was mad at God. And one of the scriptures that he gave me was John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world, you have tribulation and distress and suffering, but be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished, my victory abiding. See, Jesus said, those were red letters, that we would go through situations that would cause us great distress, great trouble, and suffering. So here's the question, why are we so incredibly shocked when exactly that happens? And it's because our thoughts of protection is faulty. And many times, God's protection looks very different than what we have envisioned. And I have to add this one thing, that God's protection goes hand in hand with his love. God loves you and he is protecting you. But a lot of times we don't feel that protection. Again, we're going by feeling. And one thing that I discovered going through this experience was that the veil between the physical realm and the spiritual realm begins to thin when you're critically ill. It begins to thin. And so you start to experience things that you don't normally experience and your spiritual eyes start to open. And I remember one of my girlfriends 
her name, um, she took and she explained to me one time she was in a coma. And she said that her spirit lifted off of her body and that she could look down to her body and she could see that her body was suffering and that it was in pain and she could see all of her family members that were around her as she was in that hospital bed but at the same time she could look up and she could see the entrance of heaven and God gave her the choice of choosing whether she wanted to go back into her body or whether she wanted to go to heaven can you believe that? But of course she came back to her body because she told me the story. And why do I share that with you? Some of you are so hung up on the suffering that maybe one of your loved ones has gone through and you have no idea what was happening during that time, what encounter they were having with God, what conversation that they were having in God, with God. I'll give you another example. When my mother was nine months, no, when I was nine months pregnant, my mother had an abscess that ruptured in her throat. And they had to do emergency surgery. And while they were prepping the operating room, she was in another room and Jesus walked into the room. And she said, oh my goodness, I think I'm going to be going home soon. This is really bad. And then she started asking questions to Jesus and he wouldn't say anything. So she was like, okay, maybe I'm not going anywhere. But she said that an incredible peace and comfort went over her. It washed over her during that time. And when this whole ordeal was over, that she was leaving the hospital, her Jewish doctor told her, you had 20 minutes to live. And she says, no, doctor, the God that you serve and I serve is full of power. And he was like, okay. But how many of you, you don't know what's going on, what people are seeing during that time because the veil becomes so thin. I remember that when I was in my bed and feeling real sick at home, I was curled up in a ball because everything hurt. And I remember talking to Jesus and telling him, Jesus, this is this is really bad. This is looking really, really bad. And I remember that I looked back and there was Jesus sitting on my bed. It was a silhouette. I don't know why. Maybe I couldn't handle bright light because everything was hurting, especially my head. And he told me, Roz, I'm going to sit on your bed through this whole illness. Again, we do not know. We do not know what a person is going through when they're critically ill and that veil is becoming super thin. When I was in the ICU, thank God that they allowed me to take my telephone with me. My daughter, my oldest daughter, she works in the medical field, and so she was my proxy. And so I texted her three different times, Kristen, I'm having a hard time breathing. And three different times she called the ICU, and the nurse that was over my care told her, Kristen, your mother is fine. I 
I checked up on her. She's fine, and she would rattle off a few of the jargon that they use. But the third time my daughter called, she took and she hung up on her. My daughter called the head nurse and explained what was happening. The head nurse came over, and she checked up on me. And what she did, I was in respiratory arrest. I was in respiratory arrest. Some of you may be thinking where was you were protected because you lived, but that wasn't enough for me. I had switched to a faulty perception. I had switched to a faulty perspective that were lies. But here are some truths that God shared with me that I want to share with you. And one of them is that God has sealed our spirit and it is eternally protected. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the good news of your salvation... And as a result, believed in him, were stamped with the seal of the promise of the Holy Spirit, the one promised by God as owned and protected by God. But that is not enough for most of us. And do you know why? It's because we're in the hamster wheel. Have you ever seen the hamster wheel? It's quite comical to look at. The hamster is a rodent, and it, you have this wheel that you put in the cage. And when you first put them in, I remember my little brother, he's not little anymore, but my, I always say my little brother, he had a cage with a hamster wheel, and he used to get into the wheel, and he used to start running in the wheel. And we used to take and kind of laugh and say, oh, my God, he's so dumb. He's in the hamster wheel, just going nowhere. And, and so, you know... Some of us are in that hamster wheel because we have a view of protection that is finite. And have you ever asked yourself why is that? And the reason is because we choose a life posture and view that's arrogant and prideful. I say arrogant and prideful because we can strongly, strongly feel and have strong opinions on how God should have done something the way that we envisioned it. We say, no, God, let me help you along. This is how it should be. How many of you, I've done it. You, you're praying about something. You don't get an answer right away. And then you start giving God advice. <laughs> I've done it. The arrogance and pride that keep us stuck. And how do you know if you've chosen the posture of arrogance and pride? Let me use the example of me. So I'm in that hamster wheel and I'm mad. I'm really mad. And every once in a while, I want to get off the hamster wheel because I know that God can comfort me. But I choose to go back on the wheel. I know that he can heal me, but I choose to go back on the wheel. I want him to talk to me because I need to hear from him. But I go back on the wheel. And that's what a lot of us do. 
We think that we could take care of it our own way, by our own strength. And how many of you know that we cannot do things by ourselves? We can't. One time last year, I was sitting across from his royal majesty, Adamte, and I told him, I was talking to him about the book, and I told him, well, I'm mad at God. He came back, he says, you cannot be mad at God with his beautiful African accent. And I said, but I am, I'm really mad at God. And, you know, now looking back, I realized that I was a walking contradiction of what the scripture said is to have a double mind. And in James 1.8, it says that a double-minded person is unstable in all their ways. And many of you are still stuck in that wheel. One time, Rich and I went to breakfast with Pastor Ronald. I love Pastor Ronald. And he was explaining an analogy that I want to share with you today. So he took two cups, just like you see right here. And he filled one of the cups completely and made sure that the other one was halfway filled. And so the half full cup, he looked at it and he said, this is the cup that is filled with adversity, with things that we go through that we not necessarily like. It's when the, the tough seasons, those tough times, it's the times where it sucks. And he didn't say that part. I'm saying it for him. Sorry, Pastor Ron. Anyway, he then grabbed a second cup and this cup was completely filled. And this is the cup that represents that life is good. All is hunky-dory. You're having a blessed, blessed life. Here's the problem. You're focusing on the wrong thing. You're focusing on what's in the cup instead of the actual cup, which represents life. And life is a gift no matter what's in your cup. No matter what's in your cup. See, God's salvation was also a gift. And we forget that not only did God reconcile us to him through the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, but that we also have received eternal life. Ephesians 6, 17, it says, embrace the power of salvation, that gift of salvation that gives you full deliverance like a helmet to protect. What is that helmet supposed to do? It's supposed to protect you from the lies. It's supposed to protect you from the lies. I thank God each and every day each and every day because of where I came from. But one of the things is that sometimes we forget that it doesn't matter what's in the cup, but what the cup is itself. We lose sight of eternal, the eternal gift when we're in crisis, when we are suffering we miss up the, the truths that God has established like his 
protection. Two to three weeks before I contracted COVID, I was kind of half asleep, half awake. And I saw myself in full armor. And this armor suit was cool. It was really magnificent. It was silvery. It was shimmery. I can't even describe the, the, what kind of silver it was. I don't know. But it was full from head to toe. And then in the creases, it had creases. There was a blue turquoise fluid that was going through it. And it was moving through all of the creases of the armor. And it was shooting light out of the, the creases within the armor. And I was on one knee with the sword in my hand and the sword was down to the ground. And I knew that I was waiting for the father to say something, even though I couldn't see him. And around me were angels. There were warrior angels, not the messengers, guerrilla warrior angels that were all around me. And they had their swords down to the ground. And they started to pound the swords down to the ground. And I could feel the earth rumbling. And when they finished doing that, I heard the words, something is coming. I had no idea how massive it was going to be and how destructive it was going to be. Thinking back to myself, I have to ask myself, why did I get mad at God when God was so incredibly faithful? And it was partly because of the things that I talked to you about today and I understand now why his royal majesty told me you can't be mad at God you see God allowed me he allowed me to complain he allowed me to grieve he allowed me to question he allowed me to seek answers and then when I challenged him to become real he challenged me to weigh his words and slowly that started to change my perception it started to change my perspective and it helped me understand that my finite view of life did it not necessarily align with his omniscience omniscient view and it was a sobering realization. I want to ask Pastor Rochelle to come out. And I want her to sing a song. And she'll explain why. And I want you to take it as a declaration over your life of who you are, the truth of who you are, because the enemy keeps telling lies. He's a slanderer. He'll keep talking about the lies in your mind. And the voice sounds like your voice, but it's not you. It's the enemy telling you all the negative things when the word of God has said so much positive over you. So I want you to take a listen. Just a little bit. Amen. Amen. Come on, worship team, come on out. Um, so a little backstory to this. Uh, when Pastor Roz came out of the hospital, I think, I don't remember exactly the timeline, maybe when you first came out. We banded together in prayer, and the Lord dropped this uh, chorus in my heart for her. It was a song for her, for her battle song. And it was, I just sang it in my voice recorder to her and sent it in a text because she wasn't able to even um, she explained why COVID had, had, had 
done so much in her brain. And, and I just wanted her to know that there are warring people of God warring for her too because she's done that in my life when I went through my battle. And the body of Christ is here for one another. Amen? Amen. And so I had this little chorus um, just sang it in the, in the phone. It was, you are a warrior. You are a fighter. You are a woman of God. And so I didn't really know much more than that. I just kind of had a chorus and sent it to her and just continued to stand on, on Ephesians. Um, didn't know all of the other story that she shared today, and it just brings tears to my eyes. And God was already preparing her for her battle, and he does that. Um, anyway, I got with my sister, who's a lyricist, and last year we put the song together and framed it out. And we put the rest of the song uh, together and got it recorded this year. And so it releases today, but it was dedicated to her uh, because it's her song. It was her, it's all of our song. It's not just for women, it's for everybody that's fighting. But um, it kind of wound up being a, a woman warrior song. So that's the backstory. And I just pray that you would receive it for you as well. Amen. Prosper, 
question for you today and we're going to close right now so if you want to stay standing that's fine what will you believe today what are you believing as a lifestyle what is your biblical perception or your human perception how are you operating what is your biblical perspective or your human perspective because depending on what you're believing is what is making you feel betrayed by God and I shared a few of truths with you today you are sealed with the Holy Spirit and you are eternally protected you can lose sight of eternity and get stuck in the hamster wheel of arrogance and pride remember that what's in your cup doesn't matter because that cup represents life and life is a gift and so is salvation and salvation is much more important because you have your spiritual truths and destiny and the helmet of salvation it protects your thoughts from lies what are you embracing today there are many lies that you can believe that will keep you in the hamster wheel that will keep you bound that will keep you miserable what will you believe today i choose to believe jesus i choose to believe his word I'm standing here because God wanted me to share my story. Let's close our eyes. I'm going to pray for you guys. Is there anyone that wants to receive the gift of Jesus of eternal life? I want you to raise your hand if you want to do that today. Amen. Is there anyone else that wants to receive the gift of Jesus I see your hand thank you I see your hand I see your hand I see your hand hallelujah is there anybody else all right let's pray all together 
Father God, I repent of my sins. You can repeat. I come before you and I ask for your gift of Jesus. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for your son, Jesus. And I know that today I am sealed with the Holy Spirit and my destiny will be heaven. In the name of Jesus, amen. If the ushers can give and hand a booklet to all of those that accepted Jesus today. I want to pray for those of you who may have felt that God has betrayed you. He laid, He let you down. That, that, that he heals your heart and your emotions, your soul, how you process your thoughts because God is faithful. He's just waiting for you to tap into his spirit that lives inside of you and to have a chat with him, to have a talk with him. So I'm going to pray for all of you that maybe are feeling like this this morning. And because we have to start second service soon, I'm, I'm going to ask you to stay in your seats. And then the other prayer I want to do is healing. How many of you need healing? I'm going to pray for healing because I know that Jesus is in the healing business. I wouldn't be standing here in front of you today if I didn't believe that. I'm a walking miracle. I am a walking miracle, and it's because of Jesus. So let's start praying. Father God, I speak for those. Oh, Lord, I pray for those that perhaps they're feeling betrayed by you, the feeling that you let them down. It's a lie that came from the pit of hell because as long as the enemy entertains them with that lie, they won't know the truth of who they really are and all of the benefits that come with salvation. Father God, I ask that you make their heart of stone back to flesh in the name of Jesus Christ. That they may sense your love even now, that they may be overwhelmed with your love right now at this moment, and they may walk away, Lord, knowing that they are totally and eternally loved, Father. I pray for those that need healing, Lord God. For those of you who need healing, I want you to tell the Lord what you want to be healed of. Be very specific. Don't just say, I want to be healed. Put a name to it. Lord God, I speak healing over this congregation in the name of Jesus. You know each and every ailment that's in this congregation today. That they, Lord, may experience your healing power, Father, even now. In the name of Jesus, I declare this over each and every one of you in Jesus' name. And we know that the blood of Jesus is the one that's transformative, that can heal, that can change, that can create great miracles. And we thank you, Father, for the opportunity to receive. And we receive it. And what do we say? In the name of Jesus, amen.